just the general tone of this conversation. I need to listen to more episodes. I think that doesn't get nearly enough attention. So you guys are doing a service with this type of podcast. All right. Hey there, Caroline. How's it going today? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, doing pretty good. I, maybe we should give people a little bit of context before we get into it. But I guess it turns out Scott and Adam, the guys that we normally have today on the show, didn't want to be a part of things. They were taking the day off. So we're taking things in a different direction. Caroline, welcome to the show. Glad you're with us. Angela, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Awesome. Welcome, both of you. I think we're going to spend some time here to get into your background, why you guys are kind of replacing our normal duo today that I typically do things with. But Caroline, I would love to hear a little bit from you. Introduce yourself, if you don't mind, a little bit of background about yourself, why you're replacing some of our typical guests here today. And then could you also give us a song that best describes yourself as well? All right. My name is Caroline Schwab. Steve, my husband, you might know him. He usually does these, but I'm going to do a way better job than him. So I like that energy. That's the right energy today. Um, yes. I guess my background, I guess like communications, business, nonprofits. And when I met Steve, fell in love with this industry in the same way that he is and just went from there. So that's my, that's a short blurb on that. For songs... I'm going to do Keith Urban's John Cougar, John Deere, John 316. All right. It's a good sing-along. Gotcha. I don't know that song, that particular song, but I do know some other Keith Urban songs, so we'll have to put that in the playlist. I think Adam runs the playlist. I think it's not Scott that runs the playlist, so that's a good addition. Also, a new artist. (laughs) We've also done a pretty good job of not repeating artists so far, so that's that's great to have a new one in the fold for sure, Caroline. Love that. Angela, some similar questions your way then. Who are you replacing today? I'd love to get a little bit of background about you and then also a song that best describes you too. So I am replacing Scott today. Don't know that I'm going to try to do better than him, but he's pretty good in front of the camera these days and on the microphone. I do not have any experience in this industry. I spent my life in software product development, so I'm used to always being behind the scenes and just making things work. So this is new for me. And I guess my song would have to be, I'm going to go, have you had a Tom Petty song yet? I don't think so. I'd have to go look at the playlist, but I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that's new. I'm going to go, ideally one day I'm going to be able to say Bob Marley, three little birds, but I'm just not in that phase of life (laughs) (laughs) to be that laid back and just carefree. So I'm going to go with Tom Petty, I Won't Back Down, because I'm one of those people that when I set my mind to something, there's no stopping me. I'm going to work until I get there. And if you tell me I can't do it, it just motivates me even more to keep going. Nice, nice. I like that. I like that song too, actually. That's a good one. Awesome. We have a whole outline that we're going to go through. So I really appreciate you guys filling in today. That is greatly appreciated. I'll keep running things on my side, but it's good to have a good conversation. I had a question here in the outline that I want to dig into a little bit more. At the very beginning, we did something similar with Scott, Angela, and we had asked a little bit of background about himself, what he's into and stuff like that. And there was something about disco. Can you display, can you break down (laughs) what he's talking about and tell us the truth of what he means when he says that he's this disco dancer, allegedly? Scott is a closet disco lover. I'm telling you, he will not get on a dance floor, but if you put on disco music, Saturday Night Fever all over again, he is out there making moves. Funny enough, we, on Friday nights, we usually go out to dinner and come home and Scott will always, as soon as we get home, ask Alexa to play a disco party dance mix. And 
Our kids go crazy. They dance around the kitchen for an hour to this disco party. It's hilarious. But yes, he loves, you would never know it by looking at him, loves his disco music. All right. Give us some examples of, is there like a specific artist that he really gets going for? But Or if you just get him in the right mood, it's fine. It doesn't matter too much. I, it doesn't matter if you get him in the mood. <laughs> but I will say, let's see. Surprisingly, he does like a little dancing queen, a little ABBA. Okay. So you have that going for him. He probably is really happy I'm sharing that with you right now. <laughs> he put it in the outline, so he must not be that offended. I guess I take that back. Adam put it in the outline. I didn't know if it was approved by Scott, but the outline was sent to me with that in there. So must not have yeah. been too bad. Nice. Okay, good. Now, Caroline, I feel like you've got to do the same. Give us something that'll get you in a little bit of trouble from Steve's end. Is there any sort of secret dancing skills or other habits that we should be aware of? First, I'm going to say, good call. I was good. Like, good people like those <laughs> I support that. Scott. And for Steve, so I'm going to keep going with your songs. And he's not all that quiet about it. So this might not be totally new to some people, but he's a Star Wars fan. So first song for him, the first thing that came into my head was, oh, I hope I get it right, the Imperial March from Star Wars. Okay. And I like just actually really listen to that. That yeah. as his song <laughs> is what I would say. I have another for later, but that one I really wanted to do for a second. It's like <laughs> Star Wars alter ego. Like it's perfect. It's like complete background music for him. And I love it. Gotcha. And this is when he's working, like doing emails and it's just done, like just the sort of that. Oh, he doesn't play it, but I'm saying like if I was okay. to make a soundtrack for him with <laughs> him loving Star Wars. Cause honestly, before meeting him, like I knew Star Wars, but I, now I'm like way into it and I know all the characters and all the good things. And it's just, it's got a lot of emotion and feeling. And, um, I gotcha. Has he also taken you down the rabbit hole of all the shows now? Because now like on Disney Plus, there's not just the movies, which mm-hmm. come out a little bit less frequently, but also have you like had to go back and do the Mandalorian and stuff like that too now? Oh, absolutely. And now I ask questions yeah. like he's going to know all of the Star Wars things. So I'll be like, who's that guy? Why is he doing that? And just expect that Steve's going to know. And Steve's, I don't know. I'm watching this for the first time. So that can be pretty, pretty funny. I'm sure he's at the same time thrilled that I'm divulging just how much he knows about all this, but it's good. It's a good thing. And we've actually found some really, I've met a lot of really amazing people and some people in Costco too, that are big Star Wars fans. And I love that we can all celebrate that together. Yeah. Yeah. I think it brings a lot of us together. A lot of us nerdy guys like the Star Wars thing, but it used to be very uncool. So the fact that it's okay and your wife is accepting of it now is probably a bit of a culture shift from, I don't know, like maybe if my dad was into it when he when he was, maybe that would have repelled some people, but now it's fine. It's like a lot of nerd culture is mainstream now. So I think I don't think we're going to get in too much trouble for that one. Let's kind of turn the page a little bit. Love to get obviously a little bit of background there. Would love to get, maybe I'll go back your direction, Angela. You said you hadn't spent much time in the short-term rental vacation rental industry, and now you have a lot more knowledge or exposure of it today, maybe from your past kind of work history. But what's kind of your view of the business and the industry from this somewhat outside, but also somewhat inside point of view? Where do you think the short-term rental industry has been over the past few years? Where do you think it's going? And what's kind of your take on it now, having been somewhat close to it for some time? Yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm not prior to Scott entering the industry. I didn't know much about it, but it's been, I don't think either of us ever thought that his path would lead here. 
Um, but we are very grateful that it did. It's an exciting and fun industry. It's had, it's definitely had its ups and downs. And I think that from what I can see from the outside and from what, you know, Scott tells me, you know, business is taking off. It's getting bigger and bigger, the vacation rental industry every year. So that's really exciting. And I think the best part about it, right, it's just there's something magical about being able to create or provide, be able to provide vacation options for all families. Some You want to go make those memories with your family and just kick back and relax. And the fact that they have a program that allows any family to find a vacation that suits them, their wants, their needs, their budget. Like, I think there's something really special about that. Mm-hmm. Let me, I'm always curious about this because I feel like I'm the same way now, which is that when you go on vacation, do you judge the property manager or host more harshly now that you have like more exposure to the industry or? 1000%. And you know, what's really funny <laughs> is some, I, we've gone on some vacations and where my family extended family has booked a property and perhaps it's not up to, we'll call it standard. Mm-hmm. And Scott's always the first one to cool, calm everyone down and recollect them because we're all like, what in the world? This isn't what it pictured. This isn't what they told us. And, but then I think from like the other end, like if we were his customers and that was us, he would be like losing his mind. So it's funny to see him play the two different roles. But yes, 1000%, I definitely, I'm definitely a much harsher critic these days of that. Yeah. We also know what it takes, the work that it takes to deliver a good experience. So when you see people and you've paid top dollar and then they're delivering kind of a subpar experience, that's always at least my kind of take on this. When we paid a lot of money to go somewhere and stay in another place and it's not with a client that we work with and instead rather we're getting subpar results or service, I go, I know this is hard work. So I'm there's a little bit of empathy, empathy there, obviously for that Absolutely. situation. But also we paid all this money and this is what we expect and we're not unreasonable people. And that's the yin and yang of that situation. I'll go your direction, Carol with some similar thought processes or similar questions, I guess, like your view of the industry, the business itself, your knowledge of it, I guess I'm curious to get uncover that a bit. And then I'll go to the same question as well. Steve on vacation, judging other property managers, but so my view on the industry, I tend to keep my head down and love on our community. And I know others like in the vacation rental sphere, but especially like Costco. So we tend to, I'm not like, oh, this is happening. We just like, work hard, do something that we love and excel at it and are always trying to get better. I think it's in an awesome place growing and said, it's really cool to see all of the innovations and how they're used. And just even like over time difficulties that brought about new norms in the industry. I think that's really an interesting thing. But I'm pretty much just, I'm loving on the community. I don't pay as much attention to what anybody else is doing, but I'm really excited to have Angie and Scott and like to hear they're doing amazing things and all the, just having that, those kind of options, I think is so important in making vacations accessible and better for everyone. And I love it. Right on. And then give us a little sneak peek behind the curtain if you can. So when you travel, do you always stay in a Casago branded property? I guess maybe that's the first question to ask. And if not, what's your view or Steve's view of staying with another host or manager? Does he learn from that process? Does he pick at things? What's your experience there? When we can, we always do. I guess I think I've become more, I guess, both ways. Sometimes I'm more understanding of everything because I 
here, this happens and I get that. And then at the same time, a lot like what Andrew was saying, it's like expectation management, right? Like you get somewhere and you're like, yeah, cool guys, cool. That's not what this looks like at all or different things. And I feel like I can definitely be a little bit more critical of that now because I do know like what tools are available and that you can easily update certain things. And that gives you, you can be more picky and the right terms for it. So that's always interesting. <laughs> it's always good to know the lingo, I guess, as you're in, in that experience and you're talking to the property manager, maybe in that scenario, you can make sure you're asking the right questions and or saying the right things. So it's it's always good to have that that experience. My, my own experience with that, actually, we did a month long stay in Cape Coral a few years ago. And so we booked, I think it was like all of October, if I remember correctly. And so they actually did an in-person, like they, they come to you in person, like your second day, make sure that you were able to get in, obviously, and make sure everything's okay. And he was kind of being very like polite and friendly. And I was like, no, it's okay. Like I'm in the industry. You can talk to me. Like you don't have to assume that I'm an idiot. And he was like, no, like I'm going to walk you through the pool heater anyways, because we want to make sure that you do things correctly. And he was right. He would have, I would have assumed things and then been incorrect. So better just to sometimes zip the lips and just use your ears. What's the expression? You have two ears and one mouth for a reason or something like that. So I've, I've been that way too at times when my wife and I are going on vacation. Pool heaters um, are hard though. Pool yeah, heaters are hard. That's a huge number of calls on pool heaters as far as people not knowing how to use things. Yeah. A lot of technology is hard, actually. I've, I've been inside of a client that I work with inside of their ticket system and seeing how many tickets or guest feedback comments they get on things like the TV remote not working. Or mm-hmm. I've seen some systems where they try to get a little bit fancy. It sounds good on, on the surface. Oh, let's offer like a DVD player or a Blu-ray player. Or we have some clients that offer like Xbox and like PlayStations inside of these high-end like gaming type homes. There, there's some in Orlando that we work with now that have these great until the input is selected wrong it's like on cable instead of on playstation and vice versa and then they get tickets on i don't know how to change the input i've never used this tv (laughs) before so even things that seem relatively simple they're not always so simple on vacation when you're there you're in like a more relaxing mode you're encountering new technology for the first time and things can go south whether it's a pool heater to your point caroline or whether it's tvs or playstations or could be air conditioning there's a million things that are inside of these homes that can go wrong unfortunately that's a pool heater that's true. It's huge in our market. Everybody wants a pool home and most people have no pool where they're coming from. Actually. And they, also, they sometimes don't realize the cost too that it takes to heat a decent sized pool. And that's why there's often like extra charges for heating the pool because it can take a lot of resources and a lot of time too. It's not always like instantly available in my experience as well. Angela, I was going to go your direction really quickly. So Scott always calls himself and he calls himself this, by the way, I don't call him this, but he'll call himself the operations grunt. First of all, where did he come up with that name? Like how does he say stuff like that? How oh, I'm just the, I'm just the whatever grunt. Like, I'm curious where that came from and maybe we can beat it out of his vocabulary. I don't know. I honestly don't know where it came from, but it sounds like a total Scott thing. It does not surprise me that he calls himself an operations grunt. So Scott's really humble and always like sticks to his roots. And he, he started from the bottom and he has always He's never had really anything handed to him. He's worked really hard to get where he's at today. So he appreciates the work that gets done on every level within an organization. And he he has a real connection and respect for the frontline team. And I'll give you an example of that. So a couple of summers ago, they were having some, they were short staffed in one of the locations And he was sending team members every single weekend over the summer over there to work and help out. And every Saturday, let let me correct myself, for the entire summer. And he literally went with them every Saturday, carpooled everyone over, 
and he loves to get his hands dirty and be right there shoulder to shoulder like doing doing the grunt work he doesn't he likes to get his hands dirty he doesn't he leads by example and just he's never above getting dirty and doing any level of work that it may take and it's always done i think that when he says that it's always out of a fun sense of him maybe poking fun in himself a touch but i also know it comes from a sense of like you said like valuing the work and knowing how important it is we did an episode a little while ago i'll put this in the show notes with dirk johnson who does a lot of the housekeeping and uh, cleaning like training and stuff like that and he leads different divisions in the past of companies that lead those people doing that kind of work and he was always said this work is very important and he, part of what he said almost saddened me a little bit I, I think scott had the same maybe sense of it as well as the people doing that work don't feel important because they're often not treated nicely by anybody by like the leadership in their company they're not treated nicely by the guests that might encounter them but that work is super valuable because when it's not done correctly we're all super upset how dare we walked in the property and it wasn't clean that's like the worst thing that can happen sometimes on the management side so I get the sense that Scott does value those people that do that kind of work. And there's proof of it right there, actually willing to get his hands dirty, literally. Yeah. Yes. He values them incredibly much. And he knows like that he couldn't do it without them. Yeah. And he also, I think his operations grunt, he's a little, I call him, he has like caveman tendencies. He's a little, (laughs) he's not like the polished executive that people may be used to. And I think that You know, that kind of comes into it, too, with his little operations grunt because he's just, you know, a little caveman-ish at times. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if gay man's the right thing, but yeah, the, a lot of tattoos and a little beard. It, and is, stuff. it is. It is. It is, is the right man. thing. I promise, Conrad. <laughs> I like that though. That's good. The other thing that I had in here. So there was something in here about his kind of experience, a two week college experience, and then his his first job after that, loading bags on airplanes. I did know about the loading bags on airplanes piece. I had pulled that out before, but I didn't know about this two week college experience. Were you around for that? What was the story there? I that? was not around for that, but I can tell okay. you one thing. Scott was never. <laughs> big into school as far as I understand that was never his number one priority so I was the fact that he even I didn't even think he went to two weeks of college quite frankly until a few years ago and that was surprising to me knowing him because he just he was never the guy that loved to sit down and read the book he wanted yeah. to be out doing things. Gotcha. My, my, it's so funny. My dad dropped out of college, although he had done more than two weeks, but he did a few years. But then when I turned 17, he definitely wanted me to go to college. So <laughs> this wasn't on the outline, but now I'm curious. Is that Scott's point of view? I know you guys have a younger a child, I think two or three, somewhere in that range. Or he, he, nope, that is not his. He is still very, I did it without college experience. Anyone can do it without college experience. So. Okay. Gotcha. A consistent. Yeah, see, I'm very like the that. opposite. Okay. <laughs> It'll be hopefully college my opinion on this is that hopefully college looks a lot different my oldest is seven and my youngest is not quite two so i have a little bit of different range maybe a little bit older a little bit younger but i'm like i just can't imagine when my son that'll be 11 years from now something like that the same like product that's offered today is going to be the case 11 years from now just the cost and like what you get out of it i think the idea of pursuing more education is a very valuable thing but to, to maybe scott's point of view it doesn't have to be education could come in many forms it could come in the form of an apprenticeship or like working inside a business or even owning a small business these are all things that have a certain learning capability to them. It's not sitting in a classroom reading a book or something like that. It's a bit different. Yeah, that real Um, life experience. Yeah, you can learn a lot from that for sure. Caroline, I feel like we have heard also some stories about Steve. I think the story that at least I've been told is the he's sitting in a bar in Mexico, come fix my air conditioning unit or something like that. And then that accidentally turned into property management. Again, I don't know when you first connected with him timeline wise, but there was something in here about him sleeping in the back of a bar. I haven't heard that story. So if you know that story, that'd be maybe that'd be interesting for you to tell as well. I know all the stories. Oh, okay. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> but 
<laughs> so I was not part of the picture at that point when he went down and got his start in the industry. It is crazy because almost fell into it, like you said, mm-hmm. and it's an awesome fit for him. So they had these like rooms behind this bar, to be fair, and you could rent them, stay there. But yeah, it was, he definitely had a, he was somebody that didn't get anyone to boost him or put him anywhere. He's worked really hard, starting with beginnings, just trying to do the right thing to help out a guy who needed some help with his business and then eventually running that business and just moving on forward through it. But he's definitely had a wide variety of experiences that got him to where he is and living all over and all sorts of experiences with being a ranger and stuff. I feel like it was a very interesting path for both of these guys. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Have you ever seen the TV show Better Call Saul, Caroline? I don't know if you're familiar with that TV show. No. No. Okay. I was going to, I was going to tell a story. There's a scene where the lawyer is like struggling to get clients and things like that. And he's doing what you've described as far as the bar. There's kind of a room in the back that's meant for him, but like he has to actually fold down the bed because it's such a small room that he can't have a desk and a bed there simultaneously. So it's like this Murphy bed type situation. I was curious if it was that similar, but it sounds like this was a little more official than just like sleeping on a bed. No, I think it had a dirt floor maybe. So I don't know that it was. It was about that rough. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely torn down now. Like it it no longer exists. It was uninhabitable and it's now something else. Something else entirely. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Maybe we could turn the page a little bit and Angela, I'll go back your direction here. We've touched on a few things, but what doesn't the world know about Scott? What's something that we haven't talked about yet or that we haven't discussed about him that people might want to know about him? Something admirable and good. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like he's a pretty open book, but I guess... Maybe something that people don't know is Scott's a really big giver. He, it takes very little to make him happy and he always wants to help others and make other people's happiness come to life. And one, one night we were, it was, I think it was around Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving. It was the night before Thanksgiving, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. We were at, we were going to a basketball game and we were waiting at the front gates and we were just making small talk with the people that were there. And he was like, Oh, are you guys ready for Thanksgiving? And the lady was telling us how like she was having financial problems. And so her family wasn't going to have Thanksgiving this year. And he literally was like, I'll be right back. And he walked away and immediately I knew what he was doing. He went to the ATM, took out money and gave it to her so she could have Thanksgiving. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's one of those things where it's like helping people that you can see and interact with, I find also a lot more satisfying. And there's ways where a lot of people like would give money to a charity. And that's good, too. Obviously, I don't think that's a bad thing. But I always think it's a lot more human of an experience to help someone you could see them benefit from your little assistance there. And I'm sure that cost Scott not a lot of money, but I'm sure it meant the world to that person. So I love that story. Yeah, Caroline, any, anything cool. similar? Oh, yeah, I absolutely. That story too. That that's happy. awesome. <laughs> anything similar on your side, Caroline? Anything we, we don't know about Steve? I feel like we know a bit about him, but maybe there's some more behind the scenes that we don't always see. He can definitely be more quiet about things, and uh, but he's a very genuine person. And I know that sometimes people in the industry don't see that or they don't think that could be who someone really is. But I would say like as far as it's usually underestimated rather than overestimated in terms of is he kind? Is he 
a good leader, does he care? Especially does he care? Like he cares so much. And I see that all the time and just making decisions and speaking to the characters behind the decisions and helping people when they need it and being respectful of everyone on your team and coming from the ground up, understanding just he's all those things that he's gotten like a reputation for of that his team that has worked with him for decades, the people in Rocky Point and stuff, you talk to them and they'll just tell you amazing stories about him. And even just as getting to know him, then being able to confirm that's it's truly a person that cares about other people and makes decisions with that in mind. Especially, I guess an example would be like during COVID, Mexico was locked down really hard and they didn't have enough food. And mm-hmm. before it got like good in the vacation rental industry, like it was really scary in travel and hospitality in general because everything was closed. But right away, as soon as Steve found out about there being like food shortages and stuff, he was like getting in contact with people in restaurants here and stuff and ended up driving down like all sorts of food and getting permission from like Mexican authorities and stuff because they weren't even letting like new food shipments into town. But it's just the caring and not putting himself at the top of the list for priorities it sounds like Scott too. He's just giving and he wants to make sure everyone's okay. And he's, the kindness is very real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My conversation with Steve has always, I feel like if someone hadn't given me the context about how, where he sits inside the company, I wouldn't think that I was talking to a CEO or founder of a company because he is just very straightforward to talk to and very easy to talk to. I do deal with a lot of even small business owners, businesses that are a lot smaller than Casago, I promise you, where they have this sort of fake air of importance about themselves, like they're better than you in some ways, even even over simple interactions. And that's definitely never how I feel about Steve. It's actually very easy to have those conversations with him about strategy or, oh, what are you doing here? And that sort of thing. So it doesn't surprise me that he's similar to the story from earlier about rolling up the sleeves and getting the cleaning done. That's the same thing, right? Rolling up the sleeves, getting food to someone. And that's like unbelievably important during that time. And there was a very scary time in vacation rentals. We forget 2020, it feels a lifetime ago at times, but we forget about that initial March, April, May time period when everything was locked down even, and that wasn't a political thing. That was like everybody at first was like scared, locked down. And then after that, it was this huge boom. But there was a 90 days there where I think a lot of us were very scared and worried about what was going to happen. And we're very concerned. And then it went the other direction where we went from too locked down to too open, maybe perhaps. And obviously a lot has happened since then. But yeah, that's a great story, Caroline. Thank you for kind of sharing that. And also both both these stories, I think, are good examples of doing something with clearly no expectation of return. These people that both these men helped weren't people that were going to later, oh, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. You find a lot of that type of people out there who they do something nice, but really it wasn't that nice because they wanted you to do something back for them later. I think these are two phenomenal examples of just giving without any expectation of return, which is always, in my opinion, the most authentic way of doing that. So I guess I'm curious, maybe personal hobbies or habits or things like that. Angela, I know one thing I think on your side of things, he always tells me about his love for biking. He's always oh, biked to the office oh. every day. He was really grumpy one week because it had rained. We recorded on Fridays typically and it rained all week and he couldn't bike the whole week and he was like on edge about it. Does he have, does he get the tights on and the helmet? Like what's going on? That has to be one ho- hobby or habit, but there's got to be other stuff too. Yeah. That is totally his love is not only well, biking in general, but mountain biking and road biking. He does ride his bike to work all the time. And that particular week that you're talking about happened to have been a very stressful week at work. And it was <laughs> raining and he couldn't ride his bike. So he was totally on edge. He like, that is 
when when I can feel that he's really stressed and he's just on edge, I'm always like, hey, why don't you take some time and go for a bike ride? Because that's how he <laughs> clears his mind. That's how he that's where he comes up with his best ideas too. It's just like yeah. he goes out there, he leaves it all on the road or all on the trail and he comes home refreshed and he feels good and he always has like new ideas and new things he wants to do or he's solved the problem. All those things that people usually do in the shower he does on bike rides. <laughs> <laughs> That's good though. <laughs> good fitness. I think yeah. your rainy day activity you got to give him. Does he have any of those medicine balls, like the weighted medicine balls? That's the perfect indoor stress relieving activity because you can chuck it against the wall super hard and it like bounces back. We do have those. I don't know that he's tried that. Uh, but not in the house at least but he does have a he has we have a little gym in the house that is his indoor de-stress zone so when he can't get outdoors that's what he does nice right on any other like hobbies i don't know we haven't talked about things like this but i don't know is he a golfer is he a fisherman is he anything any of these other types of things that he gets out and does to decompress and relax he's not a golfer i don't know that i've ever seen him golf before but he does love to fish we don't get to do enough of it unfortunately but that is something that he really loves to do and he's excited to take our son for his first fishing trip and teach him how to fish. So something they're both looking forward to one of these days. Yeah, for sure. That's always a good father-son experience for sure. <laughs> Caroline, love to go your direction. Any personal hobbies that we're aware of? Here, I have no idea. I couldn't, I feel like I know Steve's work, maybe habits a little bit better, but I don't know. He's got to have some kind of hobby though, right? Any sports he's into, anything like that? Definitely. We actually met, the two of us met scuba diving. We're both really okay. into that and passionate about it. I say fishing too for Steve. He's liking that more and more recently. Not a bike rider nice. though. No, not a bike rider. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you guys scuba diving when you met originally? We were scuba diving in Cuba. Okay. Oh, Interesting. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I like to hear that. Let's see. Family. Angela, I feel like we touched on it a minute ago. You guys, I think you guys have a little one. I don't know exactly how old he is. I think you said two is uh, a minute back, but like, the family life, how important is that to, to Scott? And what are some of the things that he does from a family perspective to spend time when he's able to do around family and on that side of things? Yeah, so I'm a big proponent of family and family time. And I've Scott works a lot. And sometimes you can't help it. It comes home and he has to do work at home. But he does a really good job of trying to set boundaries of like, when he comes through the door, like he puts his phone and as long as there's not a crisis or a fire happening, he puts his phone down, tries to put his email away and his computer away, and really focus on spending time with the kids. We have two, four and two right now. And just focusing on those few hours he has in the day with them when he comes home from work and just making sure he's outside helping them ride their bikes or playing games with them, whatever he can do to spend quality time with them and talk about their day. Sometimes he'll come home and when school sends him and our son will go out and sit on the deck and Scott will just ask him about how school was. How was your day? Little things like that. And they sit out there. They're so cute and have a little conversation and and weekends, he always we always try to make sure he has time to do his bike riding, but we, he always makes sure that there's activities to do with the kids, whether we're going swimming, we're going biking, we're going to the playground. So he's really good about making sure that he has focused, undivided attention time with them as much as possible. Obviously, sometimes that doesn't work out because of work and other things in life, but he really makes it a point to set boundaries and try to stick to them. 
Yeah. I can empathize with that side of it. The boundary piece is hard because this piece of technology is great, but it can go off at Uh any time, can it? And it needs your immediate attention or there's someone on the other side that's not always happy. So I can relate to that side of it where it's hard to sometimes dump it completely during the family time. Caroline, I guess I'm not sure. I don't, I've never heard Steve talk about kids. I guess I'm not sure about that side of it, but any other family stories on your side of things? We have one kiddo, Connor. He is, you know, just fresh out of high school, figuring out what he wants to do in the world. Anytime that Steve can be, he, he obviously, as you know, the kids get older, they're not as like wanting to hang out with your parents quite as much. Yes. Um, the good times that Angie and Scott get to have. <laughs> But we do definitely enjoy all being together and especially to do like family dinners. We really try to make it a point to all sit down, you know, what's something good that happened today or mm-hmm. what's something you're looking forward to that's going on tomorrow and just have those moments. Yeah. No, I think when you're that age, like your parents aren't cool anymore. You don't really want to spend any time with them. You want to do your own thing. So you got to, you have to manufacture those moments sometimes a little bit as a, as someone who I can see that coming already. My son's only seven and I can see there's times where he's like, he'd rather play Minecraft than hang out with me. Whereas the younger ones don't feel that way. They don't want to play video games if they can hang out with me. When you're 18, 19, 20 years old. Yeah. I get that you want to spread your wings a little bit, but it's always good to have the time together. I think a dinner is a good excuse. You got to eat. So why not do it together? That's a good, good enough. And it's great to see you because that's the point is that you've like raised a human who like goes out and uh is able to do their own thing you know kind of what you you meant to do then it's just like oh wait you don't want (laughs) to come back with us all yeah yeah go away wait not that far yeah it's like it's like the it's like when the child goes to college like three thousand miles away and then the parent second guesses themselves or something (laughs) that does sometimes happen but yeah i wanted you to go away but maybe like 100 miles away i can see that side of it you touched on it earlier, Angela, <clears throat> maybe go, we go back this direction. We touched on vacations and like getting away. <clears throat> is there like specific times? This is how sometimes it works for me. It's we can't go then. There'll be certain times where we just can't go out. But I think you guys actually were down here in the North Myrtle Beach area. That's where I'm based a few months back. So what does that look like for you guys? Are you able to get away? What are your, some of your favorite places that you have traveled? And what does that look like for you and your family with Scott? Yeah, so we don't get to get away as much as we'd like to these days, but we do try to do, we've started an annual Myrtle Beach trip, which is like we do in late spring, early summer, and we look forward to it every year. It's probably one of our favorite trips because we we have the pool at our fingertips and the beach right behind it, and we have one kid that loves the beach, one kid that loves the pool, so it's literally When we go on vacation, all we want to do is just relax. We want to be at the pool. We want to be at the beach. We're very much like sunshine and water people when it comes to vacation. So that's one of our favorite annual trips that we do. And then unfortunately, all of our family is spread out around the United States. We spend a lot of, again, I'm a big family person. So whenever we have the opportunity to go visit family, we're always in Florida or California or Las Vegas visiting family members. So that's enjoyable as well. Scott's dying to get me to Mexico. That's one of his favorite places to vacation. He he wants he at one point he wanted to live there and just <laughs> retire and live on the beach and so that's something that we are trying to make happen but we haven't made it happen since having kids. So Gotcha. 
I know a property manager down there. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's got a lot of units down there. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Car- <laughs> We're going to make a We are. <laughs> <laughs> I guess same question, Caroline. I, I do know Steve travels quite a bit because I feel like every time I talk to him, I have to double check on the time zone. What time zone are you in right now? So I imagine he has traveled quite a bit, yeah. although I imagine a good chunk of it is work travel as opposed to vacation travel. But what does that look like for you guys, family and or just as a couple leisure travel? Where do you guys go? What do you like to do? What are some of those fun vacation activities for you guys? I think we haven't been able to establish as many patterns as we've been together about like five, five years and change. And part of that being where you couldn't go many places. Um, Makes it hard. You know, scuba diving, we both love that. So that's always a nice thing to do to get away. We don't do that nearly as much as we would like. There's, there's a lot of work travel. That's true. Like Steve's always on the go but it's it's also really good because you know like the people are awesome so it's the partners and who he's going to see I'm just a lot of times the problem is is that I'm um (laughs) if I stay back I'm just like that's no fun like video see I want to see or you know hear about their kids and their you know what's going on with their life and you know because like I said I'm really into the community of it and I want to know everything else too so sometimes sometimes that does end up our vacation is like something fun tacked on to a work trip i think that's a thing you know vacation yeah that's okay yeah a workation maybe. yeah, yeah. but it, it's also it makes me happy too so it works out yeah. all right so give me some top bucket list scuba diving locations i've been before but i'm not an expert so I, I've, I have a client in hawaii i've worked in that market before i've not been there but are those kind of some places that you haven't been that are these like top tier scuba diving type places or is it mostly caribbean i know you said cuba was where you guys met so i would love to hear those places steve's a dive snob he's picky um, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's totally a- his problem is this: he went to the most amazing places in the world first, like right off the bat. And um, so it ruined it. And it's not that the other places aren't enjoyable, but I've just told him, I'm like, anywhere we go now is never going to be as good as, you know, like Cuba um, or his very, his very first dive trip was, um, it was off the shore of Mexico. There's an island and I'll, I'll think of the name for you in a minute, but only so many boats can go there a year and the wildlife is pristine and there's, you know, like dolphins and manta rays and they're all coming up to interact with you. Um, and I was just like, Oh, so that was your first dive. You know, (laughs) you just like set the bar really high and then places like Cuba. So I do Socorro Island is the, of, um, that destination. Um, I really want to go there. So that's number one on my list because I've heard all his amazing stories and seen his photography. Uh, I'd love to go back to Cuba one day. I think Belize was amazing. Honestly, I'm just happy to. Yeah. I I want to see all of it. I'm not a dive snob. Yeah, the, the, I, I'd go diving. Anyway. The one that we did was the shipwreck in Aruba. There's like a World War II ship that sank like only a mile off the coast. It's not very deep, so perhaps it wouldn't satisfy the dive snob. But it was it was very interesting. And the guide that we went with took us in the first thing in the morning. And all the big boats don't get out there till later in the day. So I do know what you're talking about. Where the number of people at the dive site can make it a little bit more enjoyable or a little bit less enjoyable. And some places, if you know when to go, sometimes that makes a difference. You know, you're out there at seven, there's not a single soul around you other than the boat and things like that. Very different feeling than going back at two or 3 p.m. And it's like, you can't turn around without hitting into someone, which is a bit more less pleasant. So this isolated island that you're describing 
sounds pretty idyllic and pretty nice to explore for sure. The wildlife appropriately, you know, if there's yeah. a million people <laughs> in the water, they're not necessarily going to be there as much. So yeah. yeah, it's definitely, that's the top on my list. Yeah. No. And Steve said he'll go. Okay. Oh, good. That's a- <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to make it happen. I'll have to keep reminding him like, hey, and that's not, that doesn't sound like it's too far away. I don't know where it is in Mexico in relation to Rocky Point, but maybe it's not too far away from where he often is anyways, geographically. I'm not sure, but not halfway around the world, at least. No. It's, yeah, go ahead. It's pretty far off the coast. Is it? Like, but yeah, but we'll still go. Yeah, we'll- that's why a lot of people don't go. It's definitely worth the, worth the travel out there. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's certainly when you can find more unique things is when you go a little bit further out. We've got a few minutes left. Angela, what didn't we get to? What are some things that we didn't get to or stories or anything like that we didn't cover? Oh, dear. I don't know. I think we, we covered it all. I just, he, like I said, he comes from very humble beginnings. He's a very humble man. And it's funny because if you met him, outside of work, you would never know he does what he does. Mm. And it like even I, we have a friend and now a friend that once worked with the company and she was like, it's so funny, like Scott inside of work and Scott outside of work, like you would never know that they're the same person. He's just outside of work. He has, he's always got his rugged old baseball cap on that's all bent up. He likes to bend his little bills and he just, He's just like your everyday guy and he's just kind and fun and you would not that not to say that he's not kind and fun at work because I'm sure he <laughs> is <laughs> but it's just funny and even when sometimes we would we stayed at one of their old properties in Tennessee eight gables it no longer exists unfortunately but we had stayed there and like we walked in and he introduced himself and the lady was so taken aback she's like you're Scott Pisano and He's yeah, she was like, that you are not what I was expecting. He just rolls in <laughs> with his hat and his t-shirt and his tattoos, and people are like, wait, what? So it's fun to see that side. Yeah. No, it, it is. And it's uh, it's always good to peek a little bit behind the curtain to, to the man. So we appreciate that. Caroline, same question. Anything we missed? I'm sure we did miss a lot. It's hard to sum up these people in 45 minutes or so, but what did we miss? What's one more thing that we should know about Steve? There's just so much. It's just like Scott. I think maybe that's why they get along so well. Oh, they're just... Okay. I think maybe that's why... Is they're both really easygoing and you would never know. I know by looking at the um, how hard work and just, you know, like what's going on in their mind and all the gears. Absolutely. Yeah, all good. We might have to end now. We've only got a few minutes left here. So I really do thank you, though, Angela and Caroline, for your time today. This was great to get a peek behind the curtain. The uh, The titles that, that they had on this episode will be pretty fun. I think they're, I was told to call this one The Real Wives of Vacation Rentals. So this will be fun. We do appreciate <laughs> you guys hopping on and recording with me today. We will catch everybody in the next episode. If you like this episode, obviously it was a bit of a different one. Please do leave us a review in your podcast app of choice. Mention Angela, mention Caroline. That way they'll know that you listened and you heard what they had to say. We will catch you on the next episode of the Art of Hospitality. Thank you so much.